0: Welcome to Raising Competitors, Mom and Dad, a podcast designed by the team at Compete Every Day to help the parents of athletes learn ways to raise strong, healthy competitors. Throughout every episode, you're going to learn ways to improve your athlete's grit, mentality, gratitude, leadership influence, and help them develop the skills we learn in sports that set us up for success in life. My name's Jake Thompson, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Everyday, keynote speaker and author, but more importantly, your host on the Racing Competitors podcast. And I'm so incredibly excited you're here. Let's get to work. Parents, you're in for a treat today. As Amanda Schaefer from Fearless Fast Pitch joins the show, we're gonna talk about identity, why our identity gets wrapped up in the sports we play. We're going to talk self-talk, how do we improve the way we talk to ourselves, and then Amanda is so incredibly gracious, gives us some actionable takeaways that we can use on the car ride home at night, at the end of the day, and what are the things we can do to help our athletes separate who they are from the sport they play, and why that's so incredibly beneficial for them long term. As we dive into the show, I would love to encourage you to head on over to join our Compete Every Day Morning Motivation Club. What we do is I send out a text message one or two days a week with just an encouraging note, a motivating message, something to help you start the day with intention, and what a great opportunity to share that message with your athlete as well as they're headed out the door for school, headed out the door for life. It's free to get started. All you've got to do is text the word parent to 972 945 That's text the word parent to 972 945 You'll be opted in. You'll get messages one to two days a week. And if you get in there for a couple weeks, you love the messages and you want more of them, you can start every single morning with those reminders with our premium membership for less than $2.50 a month. Small investment to start every day more focused, more encouraged, and more motivated to attack the day. And a fun, easy way to start conversations every morning with your athlete about that message or that mindset. So, text parent to 972 945 9113 to join. And now, let's get into today's show with Fearless Fast Pitches founder and one of my good friends, Amanda Schaefer.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad. I mean, we connected a while back. I had just the absolute pleasure and fun joining you on one of your live Q&As for parents as we talked about uh, just the competitive mindset. And I'm stoked to introduce the parents today to you. So we're going to talk about identity, you know, self-talk, how we can maybe overcome some of those limiting beliefs, but want to get a snapshot from you of really you're just the work you do, because I absolutely love the brand you've built, how you're going about it. And so give us kind of a snapshot umbrella of Fearless Fast Pitch. Uh, and then tell us about you, because I know you've got a, a newborn sitting around there somewhere that we've got fingers crossed sleeping.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, the, the easiest way to explain what I do is I help athletes gain confidence, and we do that through mental performance. So I have a company called Fearless Fast Pitch, and we have our flagship program, the Fearless Warrior Program. And so I get to wake up every day and teach athletes how to be resilient, Uh, more specifically softball athletes. We do work with multi-sport athletes, but Uh, We have our program. We do one-on-one calls. I work with teams and I love getting to spread the mission of growing the mental game and talking about what that means. Uh, I think a lot of people don't even realize that you can train the mental side of the game. Hopefully the listeners that are watching this already know that if they follow compete every day, we know that there's a mental component to our lives. And so I just want to empower as many young women as possible to stand in their power and to be fearless in their
0: lives. Love it. I love it. Okay. And so personal life. Tell me, personal life. Help us get to yeah,
1: I've got three kiddos, uh three under five. Oh my God. <laughs> so,
0: I didn't realize all three were under five. Oh have mercy.
1: Yeah, I'm waiting. Uh I got my softball girl, my we have two boys and our most recent baby is a girl, Mac, Mac attack. Um so patiently waiting until the day that I get to be a parent of actual Athletes right now, it's uh <laughs> we're just wrangling. It's
0: just chaos just, right now. So it's just um, chaos. That's right. Yep. That's right. Well, awesome. I, I appreciate just kind of sharing a little bit of that perspective because you know, as we talk with folks on the show, and as you and I have talked about before, like I haven't had the opportunity to be a parent yet. And so these are conversations that I just love asking the questions because friends and, and people in our community want to know. And so you having the perspective of playing a sport, coaching a sport, coaching people, and then being a parent too, it, it creates a really unique perspective on that. One of the things that we talked about briefly off air, and I know is really passionate for you and, and a heavy focus for what you do is around identity. And I know I personally struggled with identity, just transitioning out of football and, and not having a clue what I was going through other than just being sad and grieving and not having a clue and trying to fill this void. And, and so talk to me a little bit, one, why do you think we attach so much of our identity with our sport? And then two, for parents listening, what are kind of some cues that we can pick up on to maybe see where our athlete is doing that, that they're attaching that identity to what they play versus who they are?
1: Yeah. I love that conversation. The first thing that I talk about is our time, And if you have awareness on where you spend your time, that right there is where your identity lies. And so whether we look at this as parents, we spend 90% of our time being mom, being needed as mom, being needed as dad. And then we have our jobs and our identities in our work life. And we forget what it's like to be a child. We, When you think about the parent-child relationship for the you know, athletes that are listening to this, if you guys are listening in the car, having conversations about this, I want you guys to just take a quick inventory of where do we spend our time? And if you think about some of these sports are demanding more and more of our time. So if you're wanting to be really good at softball, Some of the decisions that are being made are giving up other sports to play your dominant sport. And it's becoming increasingly harder to be a multi sport athlete. And then once you go down that road of athletics or competing in any event, you spend more and more time in it. So therefore our identity is attached to it. And it can be a really tricky thing. Once you're head first into those situations, you're you're eating dinner on the go, you're heading to practices. And then if you want to be good at pitching or hitting, you're spending extra time with additional instructors and then you're playing games and the whole family gets involved in it. So it's hard to take a step back and realize well, we can choose to go to the pumpkin patch on the weekend or what if we wanted to stay home and watch movies or um you know we can have different conversations and different identities outside of our sport but it's going to take intentionality and it's going to take awareness. So one of the things that we do inside of our programs is we talk about identity pie. And as athletes
0: Like apple pie?
1: Like apple pie or pumpkin okay. pie, slices of pie or slices of pizza. So if you think about this piece of identity as a as a child as an athlete as a kid people choose our pie for us so you know we start playing t-ball when we're five that pie slice is decided for us and then it grows and grows and grows and so taking an inventory of what are the things on my pie do i like this pie do i want one slice bigger than another and just taking an inventory of where where are we stretched as a parent, as an athlete? And do I want to change it? Do I like this slice of pie? Do I want other slices to be bigger? Am I interested in music? Well, in order for me to explore music more, that pie slice is going to have to get bigger. Something else is going to have to get smaller. So just having that conversation with your athlete of what do you want to do? Are you liking how much time we're spending at this? And just building that relationship of openness and saying, Hey, this is, this is your identity. And do we like this? And you actually have a choice, even though I sign you up for these things, we want to do these together, you
0: know? Yeah. Uh, And I want to ask you something along those lines that just popped up in my head around that of like, how much are you enjoying, how much time we're spending at this? Because you know, as well as I do, there's seasons where, and not even full seasons, but there's points where like, I don't want to go to practice or I don't want to have to do this drill. But we also understand there's a necessary to building the muscle of discipline of doing it when you don't feel like it. How do we know kind of that fine line to where this is one of those moments we need to push and say, hey, this is we need to show up and do it even if we don't feel like it versus, hey, they've actually lost the joy of it altogether. And, and maybe we need to change where we're spending the pieces of pie.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. This is one of my best pieces of of advice for a coach, really. Um, If you want to hold an athlete accountable for something, or we want to hold ourselves accountable for something, what is that outcome that we want? Or what is that desire? So if I really have this desire to be an amazing athlete, it's going to take certain things to get that done. So having that conversation as a coach, if I was coaching you, I would say, Hey, Jake, what do, what do you desire? What are you excited about? What do you really want? And maybe you would tell me, you know, I want to be the best player on the team or I want to play in college. I just really love this sport. And then I get to say, okay, great. You said you wanted this thing, right? And you'll likely, you know, get excited and say, yep. yeah, I see the vision down the road. Then we get to back it up and say, okay, now what are the actions to get that done? And it's very simple, But instead of the parent saying, you have to do this, you need to do this. It's coming from us as parents. It's coming from them as athletes when they say, I want this thing. Okay. Can I hold you accountable to that? And maybe simply asking that question and saying, there are going to be hard days. Can I hold you accountable? If you really want this thing, can I hold you accountable? And then what does that look like?
0: Love it. I love it. Okay. So, and part of the identity and how we, maybe start to separate it and redefine where we find value in that identity is also in our self-talk. So how are we talking to ourselves? How are we showing up? And I think we realize we talk to ourselves, but most people aren't maybe as aware that like you're literally talking to yourself all day, every day, more than anybody else as an athlete, or let's say as a parent, what are some things that we can do to identify What our athletes and and kids are taught, how they're talking to themselves, maybe when we're not necessarily always around. Um, And what are some things we should look for as as do's and don'ts on their end? So they say, oh, that's great. Oh, that's a red flag. That's something we need to work on.
1: Yeah. I think the best place to start is awareness. And I think we want to immediately jump to advice. We want to give our athletes advice but you can't give advice until you know what's going on inside their head. And that's a question we get all the time is coach AB, how do I get, how do I know what my athlete is thinking? I see her body language. I know she's getting down on herself. She struggles with self-doubt, but what's she actually saying? And the way that you can kind of crack that egg or pry that open or have that conversation is lean in with curiosity. So what that sounds like would be, Hey, I noticed you know, in the third inning, you, really just seemed off your game. Was, is that true? Were you, were you kind of off out there? That's kind of what I noticed. I'm kind of curious, you know, what was going through your head? What were you thinking out there? And when we come from a stance of curiosity, we're, we're breaking down those walls of, there's really no right or wrong answer, genuinely. I'm just curious because A, I love you no matter what. And B, I just want to see you have fun. And I could tell that you weren't having fun in that moment. So what's going on? Um, some of the other ways that we can implement this curiosity is, you know, we take our athletes to lessons or practices in those moments where they come back in the car or after a game and and they're frustrated, let them talk. And if they don't want to talk, you can say something like, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm here for you. If you don't want to talk about it now, when would be a good time to talk about it later? And then they have a chance to think about, oh man, what? what was I thinking out there? What was the outcome? And we're not trying to coach them through it. We're just trying to give them the tools of self-awareness and oftentimes giving them that space. Again, I was the same way. We, if you don't stop and think about what you're thinking, you don't know what you're thinking because our subconscious is wild, right? I mean,
0: yeah. Well, and and you hit a really good point right there that I, I really want to hit home again for the parents of when you're in that the car ride home we've talked about it time and time again it's one of the most important times you have with your athlete because of the emotions right after the game because of all of it you don't as a parent have to have the answers your first inclination of i want to help i want to coach them i want to help them solve it especially for those of us men who are like we are problem solvers my wife will admit that <laughs> to me of like i don't want you to solve the problem like listen as parents, we want to help our kids. And what you just said is just be curious, ask questions, or, hey, when can we talk about it later? It's not you needing to have the answer to give them, to help them in that moment. It's the way you're helping them is simply asking the question that they have to think about and chew on, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and the other thing to add to that, that I forgot, I as a young coach, I wish I could go back and redo this. My dad would always say, I'm proud of you. And then when my playing days were done, I got into coaching and that was our mutual love. We would always talk about it. And every phone call I had with my dad after coaching was, did you tell them you were proud of them? And at the time I thought, that's so ridiculous. They know that they have to know that we're having fun out there. They know that, that I'm proud of them. And so I think we have to remember, they don't know it and they crave that acknowledgement. And so being able to say, I'm proud of you. Even if they say, yeah, yeah, I know. It's going to mean so much more after the fact.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that is no different for adults listening in any relationship. Like you have to say, I love you to someone. You get to say that because you can show all the actions and, and you can demonstrate it multiple times, but it's also really important to verbalize it and hear it. Along those lines, because we've talked about it a few times of as parents, we don't need to have all the answers. We don't need to always do it. And, and it's really important just to say, hey, I'm proud of you. And this ties into some of the stuff you and I talked about on your Q&A of praising process, praising effort, praising you know how well they play in terms of not outcome, but effort, leadership, all of that is so vitally important. The car ride home has kind of been a theme over and over again, because I never really thought about it. Much as a kid, and, it, and it's been that while because, you know, when I was playing football and that was my world, I was driving home after games, but it's kind of the make or break for parents and for really athletes because of the pressures they already feel on themselves to perform at their best. And when mom and dad in the car ride home, it can be exponentially more pressure on them in that moment. So talk to me, kind of what are some of the things that you encourage parents? Questions, you you gave us a couple already. Is there anything else for that car ride home to make it? And I hate the idea of a safe space, because I think as a society, we've overused that phrase to protect people from anything that, that could be uncomfortable. But I think in this sense, creating a, a safe environment within that car for the athlete to be the person, not just the athlete. What do you recommend for parents in that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's different for each relationship because I think some of the parents that I talk to, you know, I'll say, do you, do you struggle to know what your athlete thinks? And they'll say, no, we have a great relationship. And so I guess my best advice for that is as a parent, even beyond sport, don't, wait for the car ride. Don't wait for the sport itself to foster those relationships. Um, Two of the things that I'm implementing in my own parenting journey, and I hope I never lose sight of this as we get into the busy season, but um, I heard this from another parenting expert and it kind of stuck with me. And I've actually only been implementing this for the last mm, five or six months. Bedtime is one of the most crucial relationship builders with your kids. And At a time in my life where everyone's trying to get to bed, it's chaotic, hurry up, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, put your jammies on and hop them in bed. And by that time, I'm super exhausted. And I'm sure it's the same of all ages. You go to practice, you go to work, you make dinner, whether your kid's eight or 18, we all face this exhaustion at the end of the day. That space is such a sacred space for them to process their day and just sit on the edge of their bed and just be with them and see if they start to open up. Um, that's a low pressure place. You know, they're not, you know, they're they're winding down for the day. You can ask them about school, you can ask them. Um, Sarah Blakely is a huge mm-hmm. um inspiration to me. And her dad always used to ask her, How did you fail today? Which we is so that. cool. So maybe it's a question that you start asking and it can be unique to the parent, but I love this with my four-year-old because. I just get to ask, Hey, how, what was good today? And what was good today? What was bad today? What, what do you hope for tomorrow? Um, is just a really good practice that I hope we continue so that by the time he's 14 or 18, that if I can listen to him with the small stuff, he'll want to come to me with the big stuff. And that's a safe space without even saying, Hey, safe space, or you can talk to me if you want. It's just, showing up every night whether it's 30 seconds or 30 minutes I am just being present in that moment before they fall asleep and um it's been going really good so I hope it continues and I hope that this could be something that you guys can start to implement with your with your kids because it, the funny moments and the heartbreaking moments and everything that's come out even in the short amount of time that I've done this is just so fun and so um I'm emo- emotional I'm getting emotional thinking about it.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, and for parents that are like, what do you mean? Where did you fail today? I'm going to link to an episode from November on the Compete Everyday podcast that we talk about Sarah Blakely's routine with her dad and why that question of where did you fail today was so important and so instrumental in how she handled and changed her relationship with failure and obviously success. The proof is in the pudding. The success she's had and and how she built her company in Spanx and getting to that level She dealt with rejection and failure, and and she just kind of plowed through it because of what was instilled in her at a young age. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Be sure to go back and check it out. Amanda, you offer, obviously, you have coaching. You have in-person clinics and events, which I think you were having the last time we got to hang out and chat. Talk to me about kind of where you serve and support your athletes. Um, and then for parents listening that have just really resonated with how you've talked today, or their athlete is struggling with self talk or identity, a big point, areas that you really do incredible work with, where can they find out more about working with you?
1: Yeah. Uh, The first thing that I'll say is we think about the mental side of the game as something to fix. And I don't want parents to think that they have to wait until something is wrong. And one of the things that I wish I could shout from the rooftops is it's not about being mentally tough. It's about being mentally strong. And if you can get mentally strong, you can train it, you can practice it, you can build your mental muscle. And so basically in a nutshell, what we do is we give athletes tools, mental skills, techniques, that they can use on their own. And we've had parents that have, you know, walked their athletes through our program. And the biggest response that we get afterwards is they have the tools in their toolbox where I don't have to coach them through it. They can coach themselves through it. And if they have these tools, all I have to do is say, hey, what about your mental tools? What about your mental skills that Coach AB taught you? And then they get to say, oh, you know, I can use breathing. I can use my visualization. Some kids really like grounding techniques. And the really cool part about it is as they progress through our program, our Fearless Warrior program really just simplifies mental skills training. We give them 12 skills that we teach them. I coach them through it. They get the curriculum. We have uh, our online program. And then we never know which skills are going to resonate with an athlete. So we don't expect them to remember all 12 tools maybe an athlete's gonna remember one or two, and it's really exciting because then they get to implement it and practice it. And it, it transforms the way that they play and um, it changes their relationship with their self-talk, their self-doubt. They are bouncing back faster after making mistakes. And they realize that there are so many other athletes that go through the same thing. And so our community has been really fun and exciting. And I know when you came and talked to our parents, it's a, it's a really different community where we're celebrating wins and we're talking about the mental side of the game and it's really supporting each other. So, um, one of the other things that the athletes realize after hopping on zoom calls inside our program is I'm not alone. And there's really nothing wrong with me. Everyone else struggles with these things too. So, um, it's called the fearless warrior program. It's a 12 week coaching program. And, um, we have a website. We, I can send you the link to that as well. And, For any parent that is wanting to explore this, uh, whether my program or someone else's program, mental performance is something that can be practiced like any other skill. And when you approach it that way with your athlete, it's just like signing them up for hitting lessons or pitching lessons or strength and conditioning. If you can practice it, you can grow it and they can get stronger. And you'd be surprised to see how much the girls really get excited when they finally understand how their brain works and how to move forward with confidence.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. And then just for my own personal knowledge, where do you like to hang out most on social?
1: We really like Instagram. That's where a lot of the girls are. And we do post a lot to Facebook, but I would say Instagram is, is our jam.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, and obviously that and LinkedIn are kind of my two favorite platforms for the parents listening. Amanda does a great job with just reels and thoughts and reminders um, on there. And so I highly recommend you follow them. You don't have to make your athlete follow them, but obviously it creates a great way to have some talking points, just like today I had questions to ask ways to be curious, nighttime routine. Amanda, yeah. I really appreciate just the knowledge you shared today and, and being willing to come on and invest time for our parents.
1: Yeah. And if any parents have questions or you just want to say, Hey, we always respond to our DMS. Uh, Hannah does an awesome job with our social media, our whole team. We're always watching our DMS and we even tell the girls if, you attend one of our events or you meet us we want you guys to message us and say hey i was at this event and we always follow back and we love to celebrate your wins too so if you're a parent or a player listening to this and you just want to reach out and say hey send us a message and we would love to follow you back
0: thanks for tuning in to this episode of the raising competitors podcast brought to you by compete every day to learn more about the show listen to past episodes, or get connected with our team, visit RaisingCompetitors.com. We'll see you next episode.